You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Katie Mox of the Betting Exchange on MSG Networks joining us right now on the Roman Guest Line. Katie, how you doing this evening? How's Wednesday treating you? Hey, y'all. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I'm pretty excited about the Warriors game tonight, Western Conference Finals. I'm also watching the Rangers right now. So it's like my two lives are kind of colliding right now. Oh, do the Rangers just score? Yeah, yeah. the Rangers just score. Yeah, yeah. That's kind Is of it That uh, I don't think okay. that was him. It was not Kreider. But it's right. one we goal too many, Katie, because I have the first period <laughs> under, and uh, now I have to spend out another 12 minutes of hockey scoreless, hopefully. So we'll see if that can come to fruition. I do have to pick your brain, though, of course, about the game tonight. Warriors taking on the Dallas Mavericks game one. Should be interesting. It happens at 9 o'clock. Hard to handicap because you look at Dallas and you say, is that the team we really can trust? Is it more about what they did or uh-huh. what what Phoenix Suns did not do? Was Chris Paul's health and all the things considered – there and then I look at the other side. Golden State hasn't been uber impressive, not the Golden State that we're used to seeing. Um, but hey, mm-hmm. they're favorites to come out of this series. How are you handicapping this game number one, but also this entire series after that? So, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I think this game one is really, really hard to handicap. I think if the Warriors win this game, I would lean to them covering the five here. They have been perfect at Chase Center uh, throughout the playoffs. They have won all five conference finals under Steve Kerr. But if you look at who's better against the spread, that's going to be Dallas. They're 4-1 against the spread in their last five games. Golden State is only 2-6 and six against the spread in their last eight head-to-head. The Mavericks lead the series right now they're three to one not the playoff series just the regular season series three to one but a lot there's so many question marks because it's like one what are they going to do about Luca? obviously as we saw in that last series versus the Suns that man is an absolute problem I do think that the Warriors will have a better time defending him than the Suns did I think tonight we got Wiggins starting as the primary defender for Luca, but they've also got Thompson, Green, Kuminga, Porter Jr., even Looney could get in there. So I think they're going to test things out, see how that does. You know, zone defense was pretty successful for them in the last couple rounds. But for me, I'm looking more on the prop side of this because as much as I think that the Warriors can win this game in the five, there's still so many question marks. And like you said, too, we're not used to seeing the Warriors turn the ball over at the rate that they turn the If you're going to give Luca that many gifts, you're going to have a hard time winning these games. So I like the Warriors to win. I would lean on them covering the spread, but I personally didn't bet that. What I do like is Jordan Poole over three and a half rebounds. You can find this at plus money. I got it at plus 110. So interesting that Jordan Poole averages actually under this mark, just under it at 3.4 rebounds per game in the playoffs so far. But the Mavericks are also the 13th among playoff teams in opponent opponent rebounds per game. They allow 43.8. And Jordan Poole hit over this mark in 10 straight games before the playoffs. So if you're going to give me a team that kind of gives up a lot of those rebounds, he's just under this mark, and he was hitting it before 10 straight games at plus money, I feel like there's good value there. Katie, what are your thoughts on Clay Thompson tonight? I went over 20 and a half points. I don't know how I feel about it. Obviously, game six, you have to play all the Clay props because it's game six, Clay. But, yeah. um, you know, he looked rough at times during that last series. In one game, I think it was game four, he was a minus 45. He had 17 points at the half and finished with 19. 
What are your thoughts on him in this series as he starts to look a little bit healthier and he's moving a little bit more laterally, a little bit better, I should say. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it taking over. I feel, would feel the same way that you do, a little bit trepidatious about it. But I do like it, him going over this uh, point prop tonight. He has been steadily getting better and better, coming off of the high from game six. Yeah, game six. Yes, there is Clay game six, but yep. it's still Clay Thompson, and he's still been pretty – Maybe a little bit inconsistent, but I feel like every game he tends to get a little bit better. So I'd love to see him, you know, go over that tonight. I'd also like to see Jordan Poole get back in it with the scoring. You know, the last couple games, he wasn't as promising. Now he was also cycled out of the, you know, starting lineup. So we'll kind of see how he adjusts that way. But uh, for Poole, I like him over the rebounds. But I'm hoping that both Poole and Thompson get some good uh get some good scoring opportunities tonight. And I wouldn't mind seeing Looney on the boards. I mean, that guy was crazy. Just was about to ask you about that. How do you think they'll use Looney? Because last game against the Grizzlies, they started Looney. I think that was Mike Brown's idea. He pitched that to Steve Steve Kerr while Steve Kerr still had COVID. He gave him the red uh, green light there, and he came off the bench and and into the starting lineup. 22 rebounds. Um, Hasn't been uh, very successful or consistent rebounding, but I, I would be curious, especially given what you had to say with the Mavs, and how they allow so many rebounds, whether you think that taking a flyer on his rebound probably makes sense. Well, I think nobody was really looking at Looney, you know, in that last game, so he kind of surprised everyone. you got to think that the Dallas Mavericks are on his radar at this point. I mean, he had 11 rebounds in the first quarter alone. And to your point, too, I think it was actually Draymond Green and Steph Curry that had put this up um, to have him in the starting lineup. They really pushed for it. And, of course, you know, he was like, hey, you guys know this better than I do. I'm going to go ahead and listen to you on this. But I think that he'll be successful. His rebound prop, I believe, is at 7.5 tonight. I was a little... You know, I want to see how he does. Can he do this consistently? 22 is not a sustainable number for him. Having 11 and one quarter isn't a sustainable number for him. I also think that, you know, people are going to be on him a little more than they were maybe in game six. But I'll be interested to see how he does. I'm Honestly, I'm not sure, Trish, that the seven and a half seems high for me. But if yeah. he plays like he did in game six, I mean, Jesus, it could be a lot. We're joined now by Katie Mox of the Betting Exchange on MSG Networks right now on the Roman Guest Line. Make sure you check out our conversation with her on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, preferably the Odyssey app, but we'll take the others. Katie, I got to ask you about tomorrow's game, but in order to do that, I want to turn backwards. Boston is a three and a half point underdog in game two tomorrow against Miami. Did you really learn anything about either one of these teams in game one? I think the, the sentiment that I've heard is that people kind of expected Miami to do what they were supposed to do in game one, take uh, advantage of home floor advantage. And that's a start. And also a team like Boston just coming out of a seven game series, maybe a little tired and also no Marcus Smart and no Al Horford. What did you learn from last night's Mm -hmm. game and how are you going to use that information to handicap the rest of this series? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I don't think I necessarily learned anything about the Heat. I mean, I've been coming on y'all's program for a few months now and I've been saying the Heat this entire time. Look, they're probably the most disrespected number one seed we've seen in a really long time. And they were perfect at home. They're now 7-0 and at home in the playoffs. So I had the Heat money line in the last game. Um, the only thing that I think about the Celtics that maybe we learned is that they need Al Horford and they need Marcus Smart. Now, Horford is doubtful for game two tomorrow. Marcus Smart has been upgraded to probable, so that's good. But when I look at this Celtics team, do y'all remember in the NFL playoffs, when it was the Bills versus the Chiefs, and we all kind of agreed that that was the real Super Bowl. Yes. I feel like in terms of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bucks versus the Celtics kind of feels like that was the real Eastern Conference. And the Celtics really gave it everything that they had. So I feel like they might be a little gassed. 
And this Heat team is just battle-tested, and they're ready, and they have the rest advantage. So I still kind of like the Heat to win this series, which I know is an unpopular opinion. But in terms of this next game, I expect the Heat to win. The money line's a little rich for me at minus 165. We got a little better value in game one. But the three and a half, I would probably look for the Heat to cover that again. Now, it looks like there's a bunch of close contacts, Katie, uh, with Al Horford being in the middle of the scrum right before Ooh. he tested positive for COVID. Do you think that there's any value in in maybe taking the heat at that three and a half now, considering that maybe we'll get some positives coming out of the gate? I think, Quentin's you said that there were some more positives that Windhorse uh, tweeted about, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, what do you think about that? And are there Sorry, any... I didn't add much. I just, yeah. just wanted to yeah. add. Yes, I have heard that. Yes. Are there <laughs> any other... Albert was here. <laughs> are there any other player props that are sticking out to you in terms of that series? Uh, well, I ended up taking Bam Adebayo under his point props last night. It was at 15 and a half. Um, he really mm-hmm. wasn't getting too close to that, and that was a great bet. I think he ended at 10. So I would probably look for him in the under, too. I think he's very valuable on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but his scoring props just... Sometimes it's a little bit high. I don't know what it is for the next game, but I might look at that again. And then, yeah, if he had close proximity to other people, then I would definitely lock it in at this three and a half. If you think there's going to be more positives, because, again, you'll see more line movement there because there's going to be more value at the three and a half. Hey, Katie, we were talking about the Rams last night, and I said that I'm higher on the 49ers, even though it pains oh me God. to say so. This is such and a I pandering believe, statement. I believe in Trey Lance, actually. Is Trey Lance going to be any good? I hope so. I hope that, you know. No, I'm no, no, come on. You I've been so. on the Jimmy G train. Don't be forever. middle yeah, he's of the gone. road, Katie. He's been eating too much Subway. Take a stand, Katie. He's down to five abs, I, I heard. I can't take a stance on someone that I've seen very little of. Right, Katie. The Don't let them bully the you. In John Lynch, I have all the faith in the world in Kyle Shanahan. And yep. if they say that this is the guy, then this is the guy. However, I also think of it from a business standpoint in the sense where Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he's polarizing. People really don't like him, but he is a good quarterback. He is a winning quarterback. And we're not just going to release him or get rid of him and get nothing for him in return. Now, because of the shoulder surgery, he didn't move in the offseason. We're going to wait for training camp. We're going to see if there's any injuries. But if they aren't able to move Jimmy Garoppolo, which I know the Niners organization wants to do I know Jimmy wants to go and I know obviously Trey Lance would like that to happen but if we get ourselves into a situation where Jimmy doesn't move then I do believe what the Niners are saying that it will be more of a quarterback battle and the best quarterback will win now if Trey Lance beats out Jimmy Garoppolo then great let's do it he's our starter he's number one if Jimmy can still beat Trey Lance for that number one spot then he's not ready yet Katie Mox, nobody does it better. Thank you so much for joining the show. Can't wait to talk to you soon, and hopefully all your bets come to fruition tonight. Thanks, guys. You too. That's our girl, Katie Mark's only Roman. Katie Mox, only Roman guest line. You get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL.